I'm sure you were shocked like I was when we heard the news about Kobe Bryant and his daughter and their friends and the pilot who died in a helicopter crash. I was shocked about it. And then as I began to look at it, I thought they gave us a path. Something that Kobe and his daughter Gigi did that morning really opened up something new for me. And in particular, the prayer that they prayed together that morning. When I found that out, it began to put a number of things into place for you and I. And really, it's about keeping hope alive. This is Brave Men. I'm Paul Cole. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Sunday morning, January 26th, before boarding that helicopter, they went, Brian, they went to a mass. Their Mm. church, Our Lady Queen of Angels Church in Newport Beach, and uh, a Vietnamese vicar uh, conducted that Sunday mass. It was a 7 a.m. mass, Father Anthony Vu. And in the back of that church on that Sunday morning mass, a dad and his daughter slipped in the back. They didn't want to be seen necessarily to cause any commotion because he was very famous, and that was Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi. And they had communion together before they then went and got on that helicopter in which they and six of their dear friends passed away and the pilot. Now, as I reflected on that, I began to look at it and say, you know, first of all, there's, Brian, that shock of, you know, somebody that's prime of life. He's an icon. He's well known. This is not the thing that happens. You know, Brian, it's not the shock that somebody gets in an accident. There's just in the United States, we have 500 people every day die from accidents. You know, different types of things, whether it's, you know, a car wreck or, or poison or just a number of things that happen. And yet here was this, um, moment that touched each one of us so deeply. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I began to look at it, Brian, I I saw something I thought, man, they went to, now he didn't have to do that, Brian. I mean, think about that. He's, he's well known. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's worth a lot of money. They're busy. They have a lot to do, but he thought it important to take his daughter and go to 7 a.m. mass that Sunday morning. It's remarkable. Yeah, you know that it's. I think any any one of us have been affected by a, a sudden tragedy. I mm-hmm. about a year ago, um, a very close friend of mine uh, died suddenly of a heart attack. Just mm. he was actually <laughs> he was actually on a Skype call with a with a client, and 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 uh, as I understand it, he 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 just collapsed on the Skype call mm. and it, it shook us to our roots. Yeah. So, and I had so many questions. Why, yeah. why, why does this happen? Um, how do you answer that question? Why, how does one answer whether it's a, a, a tragedy or something in the news or a financial situation? Um, how do you keep hope alive? You know, and I think that's where, where when I begin to look at what happened with Kobe and his daughter, Brian, it really hit me because I, I actually went and read the service that they were at 
In other words, there was a liturgy and a, and a sacrament and, and a Eucharist, communion. And in fact, we call it communion. But it's, that's a colloquial term. It's really called the sacred communion or the Eucharist in, in a lot of places or the Lord's Supper. And uh, I, I read one of the prayers, and here's one of the prayers they prayed together that day. So when you talk about how do you, how do you do this, yeah, I think Brian, as a follower of Christ, what I've discovered is there really isn't too many places. In fact, there's no other place that I know of that I can put my faith and say, "Okay, this is where my hope is." But to know that Jesus Christ has my life, and so this is the prayer. Listen to this prayer that they prayed that morning. They prayed this prayer. It's the second prayer of the uh, Holy Communion. And it says this, O my Jesus, I firmly believe that thou art present in the most adorable sacrament. I love thee above all things. I desire to receive thee into my heart. Come, my Jesus, I give thee my heart and my soul. Let me be united to thee forever. Amen. Hmm. And they prayed that prayer. And in that moment, here's, here's, here's where I want to take this, Brian. In that moment, I believe they gave you and I a path to bring hope back into our lives when we hit something that's hopeless. And here's what it is. Communion means fellowship. It really means the, the biblical definition and the, yeah, the true sure. definition means deep fellowship, a sharing or exchanging of uh, intimate thoughts, feelings mm -hmm. uh, on a mental or spiritual level. So that's communion. In fact, communion of the saints was an early church declaration. It said it meant we are the church. We are the body of Christ, the communion of the saints. So here's, here's my key. And this is what I saw out of this because I saw people coming together after this and and the way when you said you were shook to your core, and yet what happened after this? Here's where I believe it happens. Hope comes from the Lord, but it is delivered by people. Hmm. So, so we receive this, this deep sense of God and his presence and the Holy Spirit, and we receive that, and yet I believe our hope isn't just in something we can't touch. It's in something we can touch, and that's communion or community. So our words, our actions, our love towards each other. In, in, uh, in Acts, the second chapter, in, um, when it talks about the early church and how the early church came together, it says they were mutually linked to one another. In other words, they, they were in communion. It says they were in fellowship. They shared. And, of course, we know those scriptures where out of generosity, they began to give each other mm -hmm. people that needed help. They gave them help. Now, that, to me, is how hope gets delivered. Can, can God use a donkey to deliver hope? <laughs> well, yeah, I think God can because he's used me. Oh. You know, so, you know, so uh, yeah, I think so. I think God can use... Um, any of us. In fact, in fact, it is our each of our responsibility to deliver hope. 
We, in yeah. fact, let me even take it a, a deeper place. We are all carriers of hope. If we are followers of Christ, then what the Bible says is within us is the hope of glory. Within us resides the presence of Christ himself, right? So when when I'm with someone else and I speak, it doesn't even have to be a, oh, thou art verily highly praised, my friend Brian. <laughs> it can be. Yeah, from, you could talk to me in, in King James from now on. I appreciate that's it. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, well, Thanks. it would be a little more holy. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, you know, with the, with the priest, you know, garb that you wear most of the time, I'm sure that's how most people address it. Exactly right. You can't really speak. Yeah. So the, but the, but the reality is just saying, Hey, Brian, uh, I'm excited about, you know, the new project you're doing. I mean, just a generous word where it's not just about me, but it's me affirming you just little things. Uh, you know, Brian, we are so, um, hope deficit. Is that, is that a concept? I think it yeah. is. It is now. That makes sense. Yeah, we we sure. just podcast yeah. it into existence. So we're hope deficit. And what happens is we so much talk about our stuff, right? We, I mean, Instagram, it's about our, now I, you know, I understand it because we're sharing what's going on, but it's still, it's me talking about me so often. And yet, uh, when it, so when I talk about you, I'm bringing hope back into the equation. So you find hope in being with each other. I mean, think about, think about this early church when it says they came together and they began to pray with each other. And they had this miraculous explosion of the presence of God himself in the Holy Spirit. It was only 50 days after Jesus was killed. You know, the, the upper room, the whole Pentecost thing, the whole speaking in tongues and, and tongues of fire and all of that that happened. That's only 50 days after Jesus was killed. Now, I know we know he resurrected. 500 people saw him. But there's chaos going on. People are being dragged into jail. There's persecution. It's dangerous. And what did they do? How did they find hope? They gathered together. And in the midst of gathering together, God was in the middle of that. Bam, stuff starts happening. Miracles start happening. But how did that, how did all that happen? They were together. They were in community. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't just for, uh, we've got a diverse audience that listens to the podcast, Paul. So, you know, when you, when I think about communion, I, as a growing up an AG guy, somebody of God, I think about it differently than a person grows up in the Catholic church thinks about it. And, and so there's that physical aspect of communion, but then you also talked about the communion being just together as a, as a group being together as, as in fellowship. Yeah. Communion of the um, saints. That's, that's how they actually talked about. Uh, the church in the early church, this is the communion of the saints. So quite often we just say, well, communion, and we think of this, you know, the, the littered, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the Holy communion, the, 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 uh, right. Cracker or whatever it may be, the bread and the wine and following the, the last supper and all that. But, but communion in its deepest sense is not just that it's, it's the sharing of our lives together. It's, it is literally community comes from communion. 
And so when those people were all together in the upper room, that community actually got breathed into the pneuma, the ruach, the breath of God. Actually, at that actual breath that breathed into that moment filled them with the presence of God, but it filled them with hope. That's why they began singing. It says they began singing, making a joyful noise. That's why, you know, when we do music in, in most of our churches, you know, it's not just about doing music. It's about actually the breath of God, the joyfulness of having hope. So, you know, when we talk about this path of communion, it's it's community. It's us being together and and of one accord. I, I believe that that uh, when we don't do that, words I've got a, a a number of people who have told me, "Well, I I watch uh, my church online and I'm good." Well, I don't know how you do community online. In fact, it's it's become sort of humorous because you can have Facebook and have you know six hundred friends, but you don't know five hundred ninety eight of them. <laughs> It's really true. It's really true. So yeah. you can't tell me that now I, I like if I'm on a road or I'm traveling or I listen to podcasts, I listen to uh, Phil Pringle, my pastor and his messages and those sorts of things. And I think it's great. I've got friends who, who uh, uh, when they travel and they're up at one of the, at a home up in the mountains, they'll put their church on and they'll worship right there with their church. But when they're home, when they're there, they're there, they go. They're there in community, touching each other, loving each other, affirming each other. And that's really, I believe, again, I come back to this. You know, God gives us hope, but I believe it's delivered by people. I think it's sometimes the most interesting person, too. <laughs> you know, well, you never would have expected somebody to, to, to greet you or say something and you carry that with you and you're like, wow, that really, I needed that. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I don't know that it has to be a pastor. No. Right. It could be your, your auto repair guy. I mean, I, I just think it's the most, it could, it's, it can be the most unique individual that comes into your life or comes across your path and, and, and it encourages you. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, uh, you know, he was always with people. He was always with people. When you read That's right. about yeah. him, he's with these guys or that person, or he's going to, you know, Zacchaeus's house. You know, in fact, he was so often with different sorts of people that that was one of the knocks on him. He hangs out with ungodly people. What kind of Messiah could he be? He can't be the Messiah, you know. And and he's in the synagogue, and he was always with friends. He was very seldom alone. And, and when you think about the stress on him as a man, right? All man, all God. All God, all man. I mean, think about when he prayed, you know, even that right before, you know, after that Last Supper, and it says he, the capillaries on his forehead begin to bleed with the sweat of his prayer. Hmm. And wow. that intensity, which is a real thing. It actually physically does happen to people in certain situations of it intense stress. I mean, think about the intensity of that. Think about the intensity of, of every day. And think about how his friends were there to be friends, community, 
how he found life in that, how he find, found joy in hanging with his friend Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was a close friend, the, one, the man who lived in Bethany. In fact, one some places he's called Simon the Tanner also, but here's Lazarus. He's a really close friend. In fact, he's such a close friend, Brian, he didn't make him a disciple. I think it's a fascinating. He didn't put him on staff. Yeah, I didn't put him on staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, That's I mean, true. think about it. He, he had Lazarus, so he had somebody he could decompress with. And Lazarus had a sister who could cook. So when he went to his house, you know, he always got some good food. And then there was Mary, who was a little dangerous. So there was always some fascinating conversation, I'm sure. But, I mean, think about it. Think about having a friend like Lazarus. Where, where he could just kind of just go, oh, man, you know, if James and John's mother shows up again, <laughs> you don't want right. them to be the greatest. Both of them are out. I'm just telling you, they're out. <laughs> you know, I mean, or, or uh, yeah. can you imagine him sitting with Lazarus going, man, you should have seen it the other day. Oh, yeah? What happened? Well, I kind of freaked the guys out. I walked on water. You did? Yeah, yeah it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, it was the middle of the night. Freaked them out. Yeah. Now, Peter, you know, did his credit get out of the boat. What happened then? Well, he began to sink. Well, what did you do? I picked him up, put him back in the boat. I mean, think about it. Think about uh, having somebody you can share with, a friend. And Jesus had friends. And Lazarus was one of them. And, and that's a whole other thing you can go into. But the fact is, is that, is that communion, community, that's where we get built up with hope. And, and so the whole starting point there of Kobe and his daughter, and I think of Vanessa's wife and, and the other loved ones in the family who, who uh, in fact, just a couple of days ago uh, celebrated the the baseball coach and, and his wife and daughter. And you think of the daughter and son, the son who works with the Boston Red Sox and the daughter who's still in high school. And what's what's happening? Well, the brother's there. There's other friends that are there. There's other family. And so they're, they're finding hope in community. I mean, it, it always comes back to that, that if we'll stay in community and if we'll be in community, our lives will be built up with hope. So God's our hope, but I believe that spirit of hope is delivered by people. You know, it's this, uh, we can all look back on our lives at a situation that's affected us deeply. And uh, maybe there's a situation you have in your life uh, where you don't think there's any way out. Um, I know that I go back to uh, 9-11 and uh, being homeless at the time and living in a hotel and my wife and I were sitting in a situation where there was no hope. Yeah. I mean, wow. no one knew what was going wow. on. And we're sitting in this hotel and there's a knock on the door and a gift basket shows up from our former church where we used to live uh, a couple years prior in another state. And in this gift basket, there was a, a Game Boy for the kids. There was a uh, little snacks. There was some wow. stuff for my wife. There was some stuff for me. And the hope that was delivered in this basket and here it is 20 years later mm. and I, I'm getting, sh I'm actually looking at my arm. I've got goosebumps as I say this, wow. as I look at my arm. 
but hope was del- <laughs> hope was delivered in a gift basket, Paul. Wow! And uh, the timing that. was incredible. The timing couldn't have been more more fascinating. That. And and so so God orchestrated that even before I knew I needed it or we needed it. Mm. Um, and I just think that that the situation you're in, you may not even know how you can move forward, but God's already there. He's already thought about this. He's already thinking about mm. who you should meet, who you should talk to. Um, yeah. I just know that God has a plan. You know, I think, you know, see, my thing is this, is that, is that God has a plan, but that plan is work through people. And, right. and I believe that every time you say a kind word, I believe every time we affirm somebody, in fact, you know, one of the things I read the other day in, in Proverbs was it basically said selfish people are always consumed with their own stuff and their words don't help anybody. And and I thought about that. Thought, Man, you know, it's so right. In fact, as it goes down in that chapter, it talks about how selfish people are very critical of others. You know, it's so easy to criticize, particularly in this in this hyper contextualized, uh, you know, everybody knows what's going on. We see everything. It's, yeah. it's just an oversaturated world. Trolling, and, oh social media gosh, trolls. It's so easy like, to get yeah, negative. And it's easy to get negative easy. with stuff around us. And uh, I mean, just I, think about it. Just even the server who's helping you when you're at, uh, you know, at, at Chick-fil-A. And, and you're getting something to eat and the person put the right number of Chick-fil-A sauce things in there or something. You're like, yeah. and you're like, Hey, you know, it's supposed to get, I mean, come on. It's a, yeah. Smile at them. Say, Hey, uh, can I get one more? I mean, we, we don't know everybody else's story, but what we do know is that we can deliver hope by being hope and by being who Jesus was on the earth. Yeah, two two quick anecdotes. Ad- anecdotes. <laughs> anecdotes. Um, my uh, my daughter is currently looking for an apartment in in New York City, and she called me yesterday, Paul, and she found this apartment up in the '90s on the West Side, and and she goes, "You know what, Dad? The super who showed us the apartment smiled when he showed us the apartment," <laughs> and she said, "She said no one smiles anymore." Wow. Isn't that funny? Uh, just as, as fresh as today's headlines yesterday. Mm. And um, uh, I just think, I think that goes a long way. And, and, uh, and I go back to another story of, of when my wife was going through breast cancer. She always had the joy of the Lord. She smiled mm. and she had the joy of the Lord is her strength. Yeah. And so many people she's met that have had different forms of cancer and so forth and said, you know, I remember when you're going through chemotherapy, you always had a smile and you always had joy. Hmm. And the impact, she never knew the impact that would have on other people. So we feel like God used her and that, that spirit of joy to impact others going through situations. Yeah. So anyway, and that brought hope. Stuff. No, that's community. Those are that's brought awesome. Hope. Yeah. You know, the, the miracles of Jesus, you know, Jesus is on the earth. You know, he didn't do all his miracles on a stage. Most of them happened in somebody's house. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the farmer's market. You know, they happen in the farmer's market, somebody's house or his house. You know, they, you know that Mark II where they cut the hole in the roof. Uh, that was oh, in Capernaum. That's, that's his house. That's his yeah. house. I would, <laughs> wouldn't you like to have been there and see that? 
Unbelievable. I mean, and he didn't, he, he, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy because what he looked at, he looked at him and went, all right, okay, fine. I know some guys who can fix that. And so his whole, <laughs> his whole thing was he didn't go negative on him. He didn't, he, he was like, you know what? This is about hope. This is about somebody's life. And um, maybe, Brian, what we need to do is, um, you know what Kobe showed us and his daughter that morning is they got up early. Their flight wasn't, they, they weren't catching that helicopter until 9 o'clock. And, and knowing that area a little bit, I know they were probably only about a 20-minute drive over there. So they didn't have to do that. But, but he had a path and he had a, an idea of what he wanted to do in his life, and that was to be in community. And he was moving into a whole new place in his life. And I think that, that that picture right there, that picture of communion, community, love, affection, everything about that, if we could live that way, think of how many people's lives we would touch. And think about how different things would be if we had that kind of, that sense of everybody has a story, not just us. And that if we're going to have hope no. in this world, we're going to be the ones to deliver it. That's great. Thank you, Paul. I'm sure uh, folks have questions and thoughts, so please have a chance. If you have a chance, drop Paul an email, uh, paul at cmn.men. And uh, Paul, you read, <laughs> you don't send them to spam, right? You read these emails. Yeah, they get read. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't go to yeah. left turn, right turn, or something. Yeah, no, no, it goes right to Paul. And um, uh, for more, you know, I guess uplifting content. And if you'd like to learn more about CMN, uh, we encourage you to go to cmn.men on your and your favorite browser of choice. And there's a particular book. If you click on resources and books, there's a book called Just a Bartender. And Paul wrote this book, and it's only uh, it's relatively new. Um, but, uh, it, it talks about one of the topics is how to overcome, uh, obstacles. And so I'm not, I know there's other resources in there, Paul, but I'm wondering if, if just a bartender wouldn't be a good, a good uh, choice for someone to look at and, and, and read if they're going through a situation. Oh, I think, yeah, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Overcoming obstacles. And then there's also detox, which is about getting set free of the toxins that so easily get on us. There's a lot of great resources. Strong men in tough times is something that I'm uh, speaking on right now quite a bit. You know, the life of Daniel. How did Daniel overcome the obstacles in his life? Some pretty heavy stuff, and yet he, he thrived in the middle of chaos. So for, for our podcast listeners, if you go to cmn.men and click on resources, the 10-day detox series is normally $50. It's Hey, it's only $35 right now. So to save $15, so I'd encourage you to go ahead and grab that. And... Uh, um, and please tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, we're available on uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, anywhere you get your favorite podcast, you can listen to the Brave Men podcast. Uh, Paul, thanks again for uh, sharing today. And we will see you next time here on the Brave Men podcast. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. 
Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.